Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you need to go today to win money. Whether it's live bets during the games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use the mobile app device and join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, back for another episode 439. I'm with my man, Bobby Lamarco, per usual, and we have a very special guest on the program today, Mr. Jared Smola. We are breaking down the must-have players for us this season. Jared has three. Bobby and I each have two. We're going to get into those in just a little bit, but first I want to introduce our guest today, Jared Smola on Twitter, Smola DS, senior editor at Draft Sharks, number two draft season ranker and number 10 in-season ranker for Fantasy Pros, expert consensus ranking just last year, been up in the top 10 a few times. We talk about ECR all the time on this show, Jared. We mentioned expert consensus ranking, ECR, ADP, all these things. First of all, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking some time out. And what exactly is it to be a part of the ECR, the expert consensus ranking. Tell us a little bit about your experience with that over the years. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to talk some football. Great, great time of year. You know, we're only a couple of weeks away now from from real football. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the fans, the fans pros thing. I've done it like you know four or five years now. Um, it's you know, it's it's gotten such recognition that it's a, a important. Like I spend a lot a lot of time every week, you know, making sure my my fans pros rankings are in tip top shape. So, I mean, you see, if you, if you do well, you know, it's a large audience you're getting out to. So been good you know we were talking before the show there's definitely some game theory involved to the whole thing which you know adds some strategy to it so it's fun um and you know again it's it's a it's a process you know i i spend you know the, the entire week breaking down all these games and then you'll know, go in thursday and set the rankings based on all that analysis so yeah it's just kind of like a lot of hurry up and wait until the end of the week with all of your rankings and everything i appreciate that of course we're running tonight live on youtube via fantasy focus network and we're on periscope as well if you're jumping in and you want to hop in the comments section for jared or ourselves please make sure to do that and we'll get to as many questions as we possibly can bobby how you feeling this evening man you ready for this one I'm ready to go, man. Talk about we got some we got some heat coming today. I like it. We got Jared. Not only was he number two in season long drafts, he was 10 in season long. So no matter what you need, we got this covered in the top 10 style. We're gonna change ECR when we reference it to Jared. That's just gonna be Jared's <laughs> ranking. So we're gonna make sure to ref, give him love for the rest of the way out. But I'm excited for this episode. I like that, man. I'm 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 very excited. Before we get into it, I do want to uh Jared, I want to rip your article a little bit. Of course, draft sharks is um, a huge avenue for us to get information. I read your I read your article this morning that dropped, which was your week two preseason recap, essentially. Um, huge performances this week, some position battles. Of course, a lot of starters still not even participating, so giving some of the younger guys an opportunity. Of course, a couple of injuries, too, unfortunately, as well. You broke down every single game from this last week. What are maybe one or two things that popped off for you in your research? You did some you know, carry counts, uh, target mm-hmm. share, snap share percentages. What are maybe just one or two things that popped out to you over this last weekend of preseason week two? Yeah, it's funny too, breaking down these preseason games. It actually takes longer to break down the preseason games than it does regular season stuff because, you know, mm. the preseason, you have to you know, figure out if these, you know, the guys are playing starters, how many starters they're playing, you know, kind of what their what their intentions are. So it, t- it takes a while to figure it out. Um, you know, I, I think two two rookies stand out to me. One just for an on-field on-field performance uh Terrace Marshall is just like jumping off the screen to me like he he just like looks ready to make an impact like he looks like an NFL receiver looks like a number one NFL wide receiver I don't think he's going to be that in Carolina um but I think you know Carolina produced three top 35 wide receivers last year and I know McCaffrey was out for a lot of that time and Mike Davis saw much targets too um so I think there's room for Marshall to be a fantasy factor even behind uh DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and then kind of a, a rookie stock down has to be Michael Carter, who, you know, mm. I think fantasy drafters have been treating as the Jets' number one wide or number one running back. He saw zero snaps with Zach Wilson 
and the first team offense in the second preseason game. It was Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson splitting that first team stuff. So I I still think Carter by the end of the year will score the most fantasy points in the Jets backfield, but it's looking like he's not a guy we'll be able to use in fantasy lineups early on this season. Man, that's unfortunate. Rookie drafts in Dynasty, he was, you know, going in the first first round even sometimes, maybe the second round there. So big draft capital, at least in rookie Dynasty drafts. Uh, hopefully he will get his time, but you got to make sure you're paying attention to the draft share, though. So make sure to go over to Draft Sharks and check out Jared's article from this afternoon as well. Unfortunately, Jared, within, uh, you know, and look, Marquez Callaway, who Bobby's been repping for a few weeks now, was all of a sudden the, the hot topic in fantasy this morning. Bobby's been repping him for quite a while. Had a huge game last night with Jameis and everything. That was great to see with the absence of Michael Thomas. Unfortunately, though, we also have a big injury in Dynasty and Fantasy and just NFL in general with Travis Etienne going down with a Liz Frank injury, potentially missing the entire season if he even if he does come back, he's not going to be as productive as, as we hoped for this season. Um, Bobby, I know you have our hot topic uh, question of the day here, so why don't you jump into that quick, and then we'll get into our must-have players. Yeah, so every day, every time we do an episode, we do a hot topic of the day because it's brought to you by one of our sponsors, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. If you are a love the hot sauce, we always suggest you check out SeekTheSpice.com. It's banana-based, not banana-flavored. And if you use that promo code TCK, you get 10% off your order. So, Jared, our hot topic of the day is one of those rookies that Sky just brought up, Travis Etienne, going down with that injury. The question now comes is how high are you willing to take James Robinson? Second round, third round, what's your thoughts? Yeah, and Etienne was placed on IR a couple hours ago. So he, he is officially done for the season. So yeah. that, you don't have to uh, wonder about that anymore. Um, you know, and my Etienne was a guy I went back and forth on all – summer and you know I I drafted him a few times in like round five round six um so I heard a bit I didn't draft much much James Robinson but my you know my concern with Etienne all, all along was I I don't trust this Jacksonville coaching staff like mm-hmm. Urban Meyer from the start he just the, the moves he's made the comments he's made you know and largely about the Etienne stuff you know just how you know he said he wanted to draft Kadarius Tony and he took Etienne as like a, a backup and then you know he's gonna play Etienne at wide receiver whatever I, I just I don't trust the coaching staff. The offense hasn't looked good in the preseason, I don't think, so far. Um, but, I mean, Robinson, I think you're buying volume again. I mean, he was, you know, one of the busiest running backs in the NFL last season. Um, you know, Jacksonville did add Carlos Hyde, who has a history with Urban Meyer. Again, that's kind of my concern. Like, are are they going to play Carlos Hyde more than, than we want to see? Um, but, but if they don't, like, you know, Robinson really could be similar to what he was last year, and that was like a lower-end – RB one. So, um, to, you know, to me, he landed around like RB 15 in the updated rankings on draft shark. So he's a guy like late third round. I'd start to consider, I think anywhere in the fourth round, he's, he's a pretty solid pick. Really yeah. quick before we move on. Do you think Carlos Hyde and I know Carlos Hyde's an OG name. I don't expect a huge carry load necessarily, but he's got the roots with urban Meyer can still yeah. catch the ball. He's been somewhat productive when he's given opportunity um, do you think Carlos Hyde has a bigger role now, or do you see them bringing in somebody that might get cut? Javian Hawkins, for example, just got cut. Uh, some of these guys that might be floating around out there to bring in some depth. I think Duke Johnson would make sense there. I'm a big Duke I Johnson. Agree. I want to see him call. land somewhere. Um, but, you know, if they kind of want to replace that ETN pass catching stuff, I think, you know, Duke could be that. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone out there that, that's going to challenge Robinson for the lead role. Though. So I think he's safe there. Yeah. Hyde, I mean, you know, he, he turns 31. Uh, next month and it's been limited work in the preseason but he hasn't looked good to me um, so again I think Robinson should dominate touches there again it's just a question of you know does Urban Meyer agree yeah I think the when you brought up that third round ADP that's the question right you're going to start taking James Robinson over like Cooper uh, you know Cooper Cup Mari Cooper Allen Robinson you know David Montgomery it's it gets a little a little hairy there so I, I do agree maybe we'll put you on the clock at some point later in this episode we'll get your thoughts on some of these guys but we're going to transition over to our must-haves. That's why we're here. We're here to talk about the must-have players. We got one of the best analysts in the game, and we're going to see who his must-have players are and also get his feedback on the guys that me and Sky are high on. So the first guy we're going to talk about today is a little bit of a polarizing guy. It's Joe Mixon. You know, Joe Mixon, we know the talent. He's proven it. Some games, he can't stay healthy, but offensive line, we get all that. But I'm really excited to get your thoughts on Joe Mixon. But when you look at Joe Mixon's last season – 15.2 points per game and half point PPR, the RB10 in points per game. So we see that level of upside with him. Expert consensus ranking has him at 12. 
He's actually going a little behind that at 13, according to ADP. That's NFC ADP and 20th overall. So what are your thoughts about Joe Mixon and what makes him a must-have player in 2021? Yeah, and I think he's my RB9. So, you know, it's not a huge gap, but, you know, a, a gap of three running back spots in the first, second round is pretty big. So, like, Mixon is a guy I have found tough to pass, like, basically anywhere in round two. Um, I, I try to force myself to not take him, like, early round two because I know I'll get my shares, you know, when I'm picking in the middle or um, back half of round two. But so not not to get too deep into the math here, but I, I looked into this, and over the past three seasons – a running back's volume, so his his carries plus catches, that explains two thirds of a running back's PPR production. You know that that's that's two thirds of it. The, the rest is you know his talent, his supporting cast. You know maybe touchdown variance, but all that only adds up to like a third of you know what these guys end up producing. So vo- again, volume is what we care about at the running back position, and I I have Mixon projected for the sixth most touches among all running backs this season. Um, and really it's not much different than what we got out of him last year. He averaged 19.8 carries and 4.3 targets per game last year. Um, only three running backs averaged more total opportunities per game. Dalvin cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry. And, you know, those guys are all going in the first five, six picks of fantasy drafts. Um, now you have Gio Bernard gone from Cincinnati. You know, he averaged a little over three targets per game last season. Mixon could pick up some of that. Um, so again, I just think he's a great volume bet. I still think he's he's a big talent. Um, you know, I think you know that could be argued. Um, again, that that's not as important as, as the volume projection. Um, I, I just think that's going to fuel him. And then you know, if if, if you think the Bengals' offense is going to take a step forward, which it seems like most people do, considering you know how highly those wide receivers are getting drafted, you know that that can only help Mixon too. I have been super high on Joe Mixon for the last couple of seasons. Last year, I got burned with uh, Joe Mixon and Kenyon Drake, unfortunately. Um, but he was my number six running back last year. I started him off this preseason at around seven or six as well. And then Jamar Chase came in and Joe Burrow's not 100% yet and all these things. So I've been fading him down a little bit, but he's still an RB1 for me. Weeks three through five last year, where he really took off 70% snap share. So as you mentioned, the volume is going to be there. 27.7 opportunities on average so about 22 carries and five and a half targets or so per game you mentioned no geo bernard he was already on pace last year for career high 60 plus targets so if he's able to get that and he gets that touchdown upside with jamar chase struggling maybe early season and look they may just try to protect joe burrow as well i know we're not crazy about the offensive line necessarily but uh, joe mixon should be able to get a lot of that volume there so i agree with you there on uh, joe mixon i'm happy to hear somebody else uh, jumping on board there as well because it is tough he's just one of those guys that we all believe in the talent but we're all kind of i am at least nervous about this offense bouncing back with joe burrow and things and um hopefully uh we can see some positive production there yeah, the other thing with Joe Mixon, too, is he kind of slipped a little bit. 20th overall is not too bad anymore. He's not even a borderline first-round pick, which I think really kind of gives me that comfort inside. I feel good. Like, the way you touched yourself, like, you were like, Duke Johnson would be great. That's how I feel about Joe Mixon at 20. <laughs> this is a nice feeling. I actually am all in now on Joe Mixon at 20. So, now let's go to the next guy, Sky. This is going to be your guy. I know you've been talking about me and him. Me and Sky butt heads on this guy and, and his counterpart, Amari Cooper, on who's going to be the number one. So, I'm excited to break this down with you, Sky. But, C.D. Lamb. No one's shy about C.D. Lamb anymore, even after last season. I know the Dak injury. We can go through his stats. It doesn't matter. Dak's back. The offensive line is healthy. Right now today, the experts love him. Our expert consensus ranking is 12. ADP, the, the public is higher at 11. And he's going 29th overall inside that top 30. So, Sky, talk to us about that must-have player, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, and this, I mean, this comes down to last year, you know, pulling the Calvin Ridley over the Julio Jones. And as you can see behind me, if you're on the YouTube, Julio Jones is my dog. Uh, but I just saw it kind of overtaking last year. Now, Julio, of course, went down with injuries, so you don't know what would have happened necessarily. Amari Cooper has been banged up for the last couple of years with lower body issues, foot issues. I know he's healthy now. He looks good in camp, whatever. Um, but ultimately, he gave up about a month, even with backups there um, with uh, the Cowboys, and Amar- uh, CeeDee Lamb is just unreal talent wise so I think that he might surpass Amari Cooper potentially and the reality is I have CeeDee Lamb higher than Amari Cooper in drafting the public I don't think will so on draft day I think you're almost maybe going to get a bargain quote-unquote on CeeDee Lamb with a couple picks later maybe in a round later than Amari Cooper and I just expect over the season a better outcome there for CeeDee Lamb weeks one through five last year of course with Dak Prescott we know he all went down in week five but while he was playing with 
Dak as a rookie in the COVID season with, you know, no training camp kind of a thing. Wide receiver 11 in PPR. He had 17 points per game. He was sixth in yards, 10th in targets, 11th in receptions, and averaged 2.14 points per target in those five games. He caught 74 passes and five touchdowns, falling just shy of 1,000 yards as a rookie, 935 yards, dominated the slot. 85% of his snaps were in the slot that was second in the NFL. I had mentioned Amari Cooper's foot. It looks good now, but he's had issues over the last couple of years. And I know this is silly, but I, I can't overlook something like this. Player profiler uh, uh, compliments each player on there to somebody else in the you know uh, history of the NFL. Jerry Rice, of all players <laughs> in the NFL, Jerry Rice is the comp to CeeDee Lamb. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You all know I'm a 49er <laughs> fan. Let's not get crazy. But I can't overlook a comp like that, all right? So to me, CeeDee Lamb is just – and this one's a tough one because he's a must-have player, meaning I want him on my team. But I have to take him basically probably second round – or early third, and again, kind of risky because he's technically a number two on his team. But to me, I think he potentially surpasses Amari Cooper, assuming Dak is 100%. I believe in this entire offense, but CeeDee Lamb is the guy that I want. And if he's able to take that step like Calvin Ridley did last year, drafted in the third, fourth round, he's now going as a top five wide receiver. I think CeeDee Lamb could be that guy next year, so I'm willing to go in on it this year. Jared, give us your thoughts on CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, my, my issue with him all draft season is he just goes a little bit too early for me. And, and it, like, mm-hmm. Lamb might be the one player who could, like, totally sink me this season because I, I just don't have much of him. And it, honestly, the, the one guy I can't take Lamb ahead of that usually he usually goes ahead of is Allen Robinson. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. you're in that early to mid third round, I, I still prefer A Rob. Um, I, I won't get too much into him, but you know, I, I, I'm with you that I, I think Lamb is going to outscore Cooper this season. I think Lamb becomes Dallas's number one wideout. My, my, so my, my concern like a month ago was that, you know, last year, Lamb was coming off the field in three wide receiver sets. He was only on the field when they went three wide in the slot. So he was only playing like, you know, 70% of the snaps or so. What we've seen in the preseason now is he's on the field when they're in two wide receiver sets. He's even been on the field when they've gone one wide wide receiver a few times. So I I think you're going to get him up to that, you know, 90 or so percent snap rate. And that that was my concern with him all along. Um, I guess the reason I'm still like maybe, a spot or two below consensus. It's just it's just volume, you know, target volume for him with Cooper there, with Gallup there. We know you know Zeke's gonna be gonna be a big part of the offense. So I, I just don't see Lamb getting like 150 targets, which you know I kind of mm-hmm. do think Robinson will end up getting there. You know what? Before I jump into my must-have, let's I got a we got a, a fan question. And it's topical a little bit. We did break this down. So Jared, let's get your thoughts. The question is is Carlos Hyde a good or grab for an RB2 with ETN injury. So do you think he's even draftable? Do you think he'd be a flex value in this offense this year? I think he's draftable like super late with one of your last few picks. I think he's probably just a handcuff. Like as the roster stands now, if, if Robinson went down, they'd kind of have to turn to Hyde as, as the clear lead guy. But they might add someone. Um, so he, he, he's not someone I'm going to be targeting aggressively in drafts here. Gotcha. All right, so let's talk a little bit about my must-have guy, and it's Cooper Cup. Now, when I talk about Cooper Cup, it really starts with the fact that, number one, Gerald Everett leaving might have a bigger ripple effect on this team than a lot of people think. The reason why is the Rams started dialing back how many times they used three receiver sets in the pass game. For example, in 2018, 94% of their pass plays were out of three receiver sets. In 2020, it dropped to 78%. Now, I know that's still pretty good, but that's almost a 20% delta between those two. And Cooper Cup makes his living dominating the slot. So if he's not playing a lot of three receiver sets, he's playing more outside or in some cases taking off the field. I think with Gerald Everett gone, I think that's an opportunity, of course, with Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson manning that third receiver spot. Why is that important, though? Because we saw Cooper Cup's target percentage drop from the slot. So in 2018, it was 82% of his overall targets were inside. In 2020, that dropped to 63%. Why is this all important? Why is why am I running off these numbers? Because I looked at so when I looked at slot versus wide, Football Outsiders does a fantastic article. I expect everyone to do it. They talk about quarterback efficiency when they target the slot versus out wide. So I looked at Stafford versus Jared Goff. Now, no one targets the slot or middle of the field more than Jared Goff. But just because there's quantity doesn't mean there's necessarily quality. So when I looked at Stafford versus Goff, it's a huge difference. So over the last two seasons, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, 
Stafford had an 18% more efficiency ranking than Jared Goff. League average is 4.7% in their metric over the two-year span, 19.7% for uh, Matthew Stafford, 1.2% for Jared Goff. So Goff's a little bit under average, and Stafford is elite. So right there, that's a huge delta. Just for example, 18% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the difference between Josh Allen last year and Gardner Minshew. I know we all love the haircuts and the stashes, but when it comes to throwing a football, Josh Allen's a little more elite than Gardner Minshew. But the reason why I'm also bringing this up is Jared Goff in 2018 had his best season when targeting the slot according to their metric. That season, Cooper Cup only played eight games, but seven full games that season. He averaged 16.1 points per game and half point PPR in those games. So when we saw Jared Goff playing at a high level, we saw Cooper Cup take his game to the next level. And that 16.1 is elite. That's so That would have been the wide receiver four just behind Stephon Diggs last year in that format. So you're inserting a guy like Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, way back in the day, was supporting uh, Golden Tate with borderline wide receiver one seasons in these types of formats. We also haven't seen Matthew Stafford unleashed in forever. Over the last few seasons, he hasn't been hitting that 600 attempt mark Mark Lay used to do back in 2015 and 16. So this this offense is going to let him drop back and throw. I think that Cooper Cup is now going to be that lead receiver, especially in the red zone. I think he's going to be a fantastic target for Matthew Stafford. I would take him right now today. He's going as the wide receiver 17. I have him all the way up to wide receiver 10. And this is going to sound crazy, but I take him over Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Godwin, and Evans. So, Jared, what's your thoughts? I know you're probably a little too bold, but that's just my thoughts on Cooper Cup. You're a bit higher than I am, but, um, you know, if you're a Draft Sharks insider, you know that we're very high on Cooper Cup this season. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, Matt, to, to me, like, the simplest thing is, you know, he caught – he got 92 passes last year and scored just three touchdowns. You know, he, he ranked ninth among all wide receivers and catches 60th in touchdowns. Like there, there's obvious positive touchdown regression coming for Cooper cup. He scored 10 touchdowns in 2019. So he's already showed us he can be a big touchdown guy. And you, you hit it on the head with Matt Stafford, just such a massive quarterback upgrade. I think, I think we're going to see, you know, the, the best version of Sean McVay's offense this season with Stafford there. And there's no right, hiding. Jack. There's no hiding the the upgrade as well with with Matt Stafford over Jared Goff in general. I broke down kind of some upgrades from Jared Goff and, and Matt Stafford, but Matt Stafford going from the Lions to the Rams, he upgraded in divisional pass rush rankings going from the NFC North into the West. He upgraded an offensive line. The Lions are about 13th or so with PPF. They're third with the Rams. Team scoring overall 11th now with the Rams, 21st on average last year over the last three seasons with the Lions. And then team pass attempts were pretty much average, but the Rams have the edge there as well. Quick question, Jared, will you take Robert Woods or Cooper (laughs) Cup in half or full PPR? I think that's the big question. Everybody loves both of them. I think everybody expects a big upgrade, but I'm kind of always on the fence of, of one or the other. I actually lean with Bobby. I lean Cooper Cup because of the touchdown upside, but Robert Woods gets those carries. He gets the slot work. What are you feeling one or the other here if you were on the clock? Yeah, so I'm looking at the rankings right now. And I, so I guess we actually do have Woods. You know, I, I prefer Woods in PPR for sure. I think it's closer in half PPR, um, but I have Woods a few spots higher, but you know, they're, they're, they're both in our top 15 wide receivers. You know, Woods, Woods gets that sneaky rushing. Yeah, production. You know, he runs for like 200 yards and a score or two every year, which you know kind of is, is a pretty big deal. And when you look back at it, you know, Jed, you brought up a really good point too about the receptions, right? And how many touchdowns he had last. So in 2019, he generated 223 fantasy points on 94 receptions. Last year, on 92 receptions, 163. So yeah. like yep. something's got to give. It's bouncing back. But let's kick it over back to you, Jared, for your second must-have player. And that guy is Jerry Judy. Now, I've seen Jerry Judy's stock rise really fast. We're starting to see him go in like the 6-7 now. He was going eighth round a couple, like a month or so ago. But when you're looking at Jerry Judy last season, I almost just give him a pass. Truthfully, I do because the quarterback play, we'll go into that a little bit later. But expert consensus ranking has him at 31. He's going ADP a little bit higher at 27. He's going 62nd overall. Now, that's the 5-6 turn. So what's your thoughts about Jerry Judy? What makes him a must-have player for you? Yeah, he's wide receiver twenty four for me. Like uh, in the in the fifth round, I'm I'm fine taking him there. So you know, I, I think he's still a value, even though as you mentioned, um, not as big a value as he was. You know, back in the spring. Um, yeah, he, you know he he's mostly a bet on talent for me. Um, you know, there were the drops last year, the Herders production. I'm not worried about those. Like he he didn't have drop problems 
at Alabama. Um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, drops are just like a volatile stat. They'll just, you know, fluctuate from year to year. So not worried about that. Um, the quarterback play was the biggest this issue last season. I think either way, you know, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, he's going to get better quarterback play this season. Like either Drew Locke takes a step forward. If he doesn't, it's going to be Teddy. After what we saw in the second – I mean, I, honestly, both those quarterbacks, to me, have looked good this preseason. Denver's passing game has looked really good this preseason, even without Cortland Sutton. Um, so I, I think he's going to get better quarterback play this season. But, again, to, you know, to me, Judy's a bet on talent. Like, he was just an awesome prospect coming into the league. Um, you know, won the Blitnikoff Award as a true sophomore at Alabama. Put up massive numbers as both a sophomore and a junior at Bama, despite – competing with Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith, um, Jalen Waddell, you know, for targets over that span, just a loaded pass catching core. And, you know, Judy was kind of their, their top dog. Um, and then you look at the camp reports and like everything you read out of Denver is, you know, Judy's been the best player on the field. So I just think, you know, we, we see these receivers take big second year leaps. I think, you know, Judy's ready to do that this season. So again, anywhere in the fifth round, I like him. If you get him in the sixth round, I think that's pretty big value. Your preference, sorry, for your preference, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, who would you rather see be the starter? Yeah, so to me, Locke gives the whole passing game a higher ceiling but a much lower floor. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather just have Teddy because Teddy has shown he can be a ball distributor. You know, he's like a point guard out there. And again, going back to Carolina, we saw it last year. He he didn't have a big season, but he produced three you know fantasy starting caliber wide receivers. So like Judy, I think he's good enough. Or if he just gets average quarterback play, just get him the ball when he's wide open because he gets wide open with how good a route runner he is. Um, so, you know, I, I think Bridgewater is kind of all he needs to, you know, again, break into that top 25. There's a lot of uh, mixed reports coming out of Denver. Not necessarily mixed reports, just mostly, unfortunately, kind of negative reports with Cortland Sutton recovering from his injury last year. And the mixed reports, I guess, are that he's either going to be ready to go week 100% or that he's still – doesn't look 100% when he's running routes and things like that. And maybe he's just not running 100% because it's still practice season. He doesn't want to overdo it. With that being said, though, do you see a scenario where Jerry Judy might slot into more of a 1A uh, versus a number two early in the season, especially if it becomes Teddy Bridgewater, who seems to fit Jerry Judy's game a little bit more than Cortland Sutton? Oh, yeah. See, I, I think Judy's the one there, even when Sutton's back to 100%. Okay. I, like, I, I like Cortland Sutton. I think he's a good player. I just think Judy's better. Um, so even, and I do think Sutton gets off to a slow start, which is kind of another fact, uh, you know, Mark in Judy's favor, but I think by October, you're going to have Sutton, you know, close to hundred percent, but even then, um, I think Judy's going to, you know, be the target leader, be the fantasy you know, point leader in that wide receiver core. Just want to bring up some stats for Jerry Judy last year. Okay. So according to player profiler, he was outside the top 100 in catchable target rate, target quality, target accuracy. Okay. Yep. So I just took a look at how. If Teddy B wins the job, I heard some reports that actually they're saying that he might win it. It might be as soon as Monday we hear this information. So mm-hmm. I looked at DJ Moore, Samuel, and Robbie Anderson last year. Did kind of a blended thing. On average, they finished 36th in catchable target rate, 39th in target quality, and 33rd in target accuracy. Now, that's not great, but it's better than outside the top 100. So I think right there we're talking a huge improvement if it's Teddy B for Jerry Judy this season. Now, Sky, let's let's kick it over to you. Me and you kind of agree on this one. We're we're huge Ryan Tannehill guys, and we have him both as a must-have. You know, I gave it to you for for the show because I know we have plenty of stats on him. Uh, so Ryan Tannehill, listen, he finishes the QB eleven last year, but we brought this up a bunch of times. QB eleven at twenty five point two points per game and six points per passing touchdowns was significantly better than the next guy down, which was Kirk Cousins, and then it was. Ben Roethlisberger. So there's a huge cliff. So he is still pretty elite. He's actually closer to the 6-7 range than he was 12-13 because of those points per game. He is going at expert consensus 9, ADP 11, and 97th overall. So, Sky, talk to us a little bit about what makes Ryan Tannehill a must-have player for you this, this season. I'll break down all the numbers here in just a second. But if I just think on like a human level when I'm in regular, you know, home leagues, work leagues, whatever, where guys like us get an advantage because we <laughs> nerd out on this all day long. Even though he's expert consensus ranking number nine in ADP 11, I don't see him even going that high in public leagues because Ryan Tannehill's not flashy and he's not somebody that runs the ball. Now, he's sneak attack rushing, right? Last year, seven rushing touchdowns, easily a career high for him. I don't expect that to happen again, maybe three or four max. But he has the rushing ability. We saw against 
uh, the Packers and Lambeau Field in the snow, a bootleg, right, where he was wide open. He ran for like a 60-plus yard touchdown. He has the ability to do that. He's just not flashy. He doesn't have the name and the pedigree of an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady that are able to kind of get drafted earlier and not have the rushing upside. But the efficiency, as we know, with the Titans has been absolutely phenomenal the last couple of seasons. Now, Bobby, I know that you'd like to get into the Arthur Smith, Todd Downing situation. That's your cup of tea. I'll let you do that when I'm done here. So I'll let you uh, kind of save the OC change uh, for you. But last year he had career highs of 33 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns of seven, as I mentioned. This is year three in the system with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. Bobby mentions religiously on the show system continuity i'll let him get into it in just a little bit but it's a huge deal coming into the third year of a program although they do have some mix-up happening with uh the oc and everything else now of course he gets hall of famer julio jones that can only help you even if he only plays in 10 12 games julio jones on your team is never a deficit tennessee last year was fourth in points scored second in total team yards on offense ryan Tannehill was ninth in completed air yards that was a surprising stat that i found because you kind of think as the Titans is Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, and then play action dump offs. That wasn't necessarily the case. When they go play action, they like to air it out, of course, A.J. Brown, and now Julio Jones and Bobby's man, Anthony Ferkser. We'll see what happens there. Ninth and completed air yards, second in fantasy points per drop back. So although he doesn't throw very often, when he does, he's very efficient with that. Fifth in catchable pass rate, so obviously very accurate and efficient. Fourth in total QBR, and now, of course, he gets Julio Jones to help out with that. If Derrick Henry somehow slows down a little bit, the ceiling is even higher for Ryan Tannehill. Again, he's going ECR QB9, which is still pretty rich because you're almost drafting him close to his ceiling. I've got him right there as well, but in public leagues, I think you'll be able to get him later than that. Derrick Henry had 378 carries last year. That's 75 more than his previous career high. 2,078 rushing yards, 487 more than his previous career high. 17 rushing touchdowns. He's still an animal. I love Derrick Henry, but I expect all of that to regress one way or another, even with the 17th game. And the Ravens, who are an elite defense, I understand, but the Ravens were able to hold him to 40 yards on 18 carries. If any other teams are able to do that, they're going to be able to unload in the passing game, again, adding Julio Jones. So Ryan Tannehill is a sneak attack guy. If you don't go early quarterback and you end up fading a little bit, he's not even a middle round guy. I think in public leagues, he's going to end up falling to late round quarterbacks. I would love to draft him in the you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th round where you're going to get him in most public leagues as your starting quarterback with huge upside and a great floor. So Jared, tell us a little bit about where you have him currently and what your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm curious to, to hear what you have on, uh, you know, the OC change to Downing. Cause, so I, I don't really have a hot take on Tannehill. I'm just kind of like at consensus. It, you know, if he's a guy, if I get to round 10 and he's like the best player available, I'll take him. I'm not super excited. My, my, my concerns are the OC change. I think Art Smith is like one of the best play callers in the NFL. Um, they were so efficient in the red zone. I think Smith had a lot to do with that. Um, my, my other concern, too, is just they're – they're so thin at pass catcher. Like if Brown or Julio miss time, it's it's like pretty ugly there. And you know, Brown and Julio have both already missed mm-hmm. practice time in August. And you know, Julio, we know his history. Brown has dealt with injuries throughout his first couple seasons. So I just think there's risk there if you know one of those guys misses time, then Tannehill's kind of left with with not a whole lot. You uh, don't love my boy Josh Reynolds. You started something, Jared. You stepped into something, Jared. You stepped right into something here. We mentioned Josh Reynolds way too much on this podcast. (laughs) So, like, yeah, just want to bring up Todd Downing. And listen, people need to realize that when Matt LaFleur came over in 2018, Arthur Smith kind of took over that scheme from Matt LaFleur. But Arthur Smith was a part of that coaching staff since 2011. So he's been through – uh, Mike Malarkey, Mike Munchak. So that runs like they used to call their run game the exotic smash mouth. So like, you know, that's how the run game focused they were in that time frame from 2011 all the way to 2020. The Titans as a team were the lowest in dropbacks in the NFL. So they in the over the Arthur Smith years, 534 dropbacks per season. Now in Todd Downing's limited time, he comes from a Bill Musgrave style offense from his days with the Raiders. Now the thing about Todd Downing, though, is his one season as offensive coordinator, his dropbacks were closer to 595. So that's where that kind of projection could see growing up because going up for the Titans this year, because he's not as run centric as Arthur Smith, but Arthur Smith comes from a different background. This predates Matt LaFleur. He was there for some 
from some serious like run game guys like head coaches. So I think there is some room for volume, but the, uh, the offense by Todd Downing featured two receivers. Remember, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree were the main focus of those Raiders, and that's kind of how I feel about Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So I think that's gonna. there's a lot of parallels there for that offense. So I do see the volume going up, but like you touched on too, Arthur Smith, great play caller. 36% of Ryan Tannehill's throws were in play action. I mean, I just, that's smart. It should be that high. So I am a little concerned. I think they'll be dialed back from an efficiency, efficiency standpoint, but I think the volume will go up. All right, I'm going to go into mine. Listen, this guy, Jared, listen, I, I feel like I'm glad you're only hearing this for the first time, but anybody who knows me has heard this take 16.7 thousand times or whatever that number is now. So it's a high number, and it's Tyler Boyd. And I've listen, Tyler Boyd, for some reason, is the one guy who just stays exactly where he's supposed to. I mean, no one wants to make him. He's not going like Jerry Judy and him are like best friends. They went to like high school together. And then Jerry Judy goes off to college and stops hanging out with Tyler Boyd. He's now at the fifth, sixth round. So Tyler Boyd is still going right now today. Wide receiver 33 in expert consensus, 33 in ADP. That's pick 77th overall. He's basically going at the back of the seventh round, closer to that seven, eight turn. His, I, I would bring up his stats last year overall, but like the 10.2 points per game in the wide receiver 39 finish does not tell the story for Tyler Boyd. So let's break down something with the Bengals first. I know Jamar Chase is coming into this team, but remember, A.J. Green, whether they were good or bad targets going to Green, there's still a boatload, up, but over 100 targets vacated from A.J. Green. Giovanni Bernard is vacating a boatload of targets as well. This team is actually one of the players I highlight in my opportunity analysis because they have almost 200 available new opportunities this year. That does not include Tyler Boyd already getting over well over 100 targets from last season. But if you look at the coaching staff first, Zach Taylor, his one season when he was with the Miami Dolphins, when he took over as the offensive coordinator, that was the one season that Jarvis Landry had his career high, 166 targets that season. So even before the Bengals time, he had an offense where he featured a slot receiver in Jarvis Landry. So I know the offense is very pass-heavy. Zach Taylor is actually projected to be top three or four in volume this season. The last two years, they're right around 600 attempts over the last two seasons under Zach Taylor. So you know they're going to have the volume to support three receivers. But now let's look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is one of the better slot throwers from his time at LSU. Listen, we all know about Justin Jefferson and how good he did at LSU, but I just brought up the slot versus wide with Cooper Cup. Now let's talk about this with Tyler Boyd. Now there's no quarterback that has a bigger efficiency differential from slot to wide than Joe Burrow. He's 17th in slot DVOA. He's 33rd in wide DVOA. And who lives in the slot? It's going to be Tyler Boyd. But let's take it one step further. Let's look at Boyd. So I like to give T. Higgins a break. He did not play in week one. So I looked at weeks two through 11 when T. Higgins was involved and also Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. From weeks two to 11, target distribution with Joe Burrow. 81 for Boyd, 70 for Higgins, 66 for A.J. Green. Points per game during that time frame, 13.6 points per game for uh, Boyd, 12.1 for Higgins, and then 5.7 for Green, which is ridiculous. But the 13.6 points per game with Burrow over that stretch would have been the wide receiver 12 last year. Now, even before Joe Burrow, look at the time he spent with Andy Dalton. Dalton missed a lot of time in 2018. He missed three games in 2019. So if you just look at the games with Dalton, he was the wide receiver 19 in 2019 over that span and the wide receiver 16 in 2018. So this guy is consistently produced at a top 20 level. And last season with Burrow, we saw him flirting with wide receiver one value. We just brought up the fact that he's going as the wide receiver 33 in the seventh round. ADP price tag right now. Higgins 53, Chase 57, and Boyd 77. That's wide receiver 33. He's turning 27 this year. He's not 35. He's, this is like the peak. Wide receiver's peak at 26, 27. He's going into that, and I think this is going to be his career year, and that's why he's a must-have player for me. Jared, tell me how much you love Tyler Boyd, too. <laughs> I do love Tyler Boyd. I'm with you. Yes. He's, he's been a valley running on like three straight years now. Like people, he, He's just not exciting. He, you know, he's like Jarvis Landry. You know, these yeah. unexciting slot guys are just constantly undervalued. Um, I, I think it's the case. I think he's going to catch – a ton of balls for all those reasons you mentioned. Um, and you, you have this, you know, chase stuff where he's struggling with drops. He, you know, might not play every snap out of the gate. That can only help Boyd. And then the other thing too, is that there's nothing to speak of at tight end in Cincinnati, you know, CJ Ozoma, Drew Sample. So like, you know, th- those three wide receivers could combine for like, you know, 70, 75% of the target. So there's mm-hmm. room for all three of them to, you know, be easy weekly fantasy starters. 
Now, Jared, you realize CJ Uzama last year was like the tight end six in points per game, right? Two hey, solid games. From, it was dope. That's what, All right, that, let's, that's like you said. I mean, Burrow likes throwing those passes over the middle, like you said. There you go. You see, I love this. Yeah. This is perfect. CJ Uzama must have. There you go. That's Jared's last one. All right. Let's get serious for the last one because I like this one. This is an interesting one. So we're going to talk a little bit Elijah Moore. Now, I like this because this is a guy you could definitely get in the double-digit rounds consistently still, even with some of the noise. So right now today, expert consensus has him at 58 for wide receivers. He's going a little bit higher in ADP at 53, but he's going at 121 overall. That's around round 10-11. So give us your thoughts about Elijah Moore. Why is he a must-have player for you in 2021? Yeah, he's wide receiver 44 in my rankings. I'd, I'd probably even draft, draft him a few hots, a few spots above that. He's a guy I'm like trying to make sure I get in every draft I do. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm honestly happy about that quad injury because it kind of like cooled the hype down on him because his ADP was climbing. Um, he was back at practice today from the quad, so you know he, he's going to be fine for week one. Um, you know, and again, you know, more more was just like the buzziest player in all fantasy football, really from the moment he hit the field after getting drafted, like. And it's from multiple beat writers, you know, multiple observers. You have coaches were talking them up. You know, Robert Sala was talking them up. Like in the, in the spring, kind of made an immediate impression. Um, and, and really, to me, it wasn't that big of a surprise because I just thought this guy was an awesome prospect coming into the league. Um, you know, Elijah Moore led the entire country in catches and receiving yards per game last year. Ten point eight catches, one hundred forty nine receiving yards per game as a true junior. By the way. Um, then he goes to his pro day clocks at 4.35 second, 40 time, you know, 87th percentile relative of, uh, athletic score. So, you know, he's a plus plus athlete, just kind of checks all the boxes as a prospect to me, you know, the Jets make him the 34th overall pick of the draft. There was a report that, you know, they had him as the 16th best prospect in the class. They passed on multiple trade offers, you know, trade back from 34. They wanted to sit there and make sure they got their guy. Um, so Love Elijah Moore. I just think this Jets offense too is a bit undervalued because you know of what it was under Adam Gase. Like just Adam yeah. Gase leaving is going to like boost this offense. You know, just addition by subtraction there. Um, Zach Wilson, I thought especially in that second preseason game looked good. I think you know it's going to be a quarterback upgrade for them. So kind of buying the Jets offense in general and uh, Elijah Moore is definitely the piece I want. Definitely the guy I'm most excited about there. Yeah, the thing too, the, well, before you say anything else, Scott, sorry, I wanted to say one thing too. There isn't a tight end pass catcher. Like Tyler Croft is like the number one right now, and, and Chris Herndon hasn't really been playing with the ones. Now with the Michael Carter thing you just brought up a little bit earlier, he's not even the main guy. I mean, it could be Devin Coleman, Ty Johnson. So the, the pass catching threat at the backfield might not be elite either. So even if Corey Davis takes on more of the one, there's still plenty of room for our two to succeed because of those other positions not being elite yep. in the pass game. Scott, go I'm, ahead, man. Sorry. I would just I was just gonna ask what you what you're making of this uh preseason last two weeks resurgence of uh Corey Davis hype once again. Um <laughs> and is it is it legit or is it because he's basically the only one out there right now? And one player that I really liked last year never really got a shot, Adam Gase, Sam Darnold, yada yada, um, still kind of struggling early this season. But Denzel Mims, I think, is the real deal as an athlete if he if he can uh, stay healthy. Do you think that Elijah Moore it just is going to be a concrete number two. Um, could he slide into a number one? Do you think Corey Davis is the real deal? The Jets is kind of a mess right now, and Zach Wilson has looked good in minimum work, but he's been hyper-peppering Corey Davis. Do you think yeah. that that's going to stick, or is it because he's kind of you know the odd man out right now? Or the yeah, odd so, man in, I should say. Yeah, so, uh, Davis was a guy I had as undervalued all offseason, um, so I'm, I'm kind of mad this preseason has happened because he, he's like up <laughs> yeah. in the eighth or ninth round now, which is about where he should have been going all along. You know, he was a guy you can get in the 12th or 13th round in the spring. So, um, yeah, Davis, you know, going back to the Titans was super good for them last year. I think he was like fifth in yards per route run among a, a, like 87 qualifying yeah. wide receivers. He got a big contract from the Jets. So, I, you know, the, the Jets, I think, signed Davis to be their number one. Mm -hmm. Now, Elijah Moore might be even better than they thought he was. I think it's going to be like a 1A, 1B. I'm not even sure who's going to lead the Jets in targets. I think it's going to be really close between Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. So I, I like both those guys, and they're you know two guys I've been drafting quite a bit of. Yeah, and one of the things I like about Corey Davis leaving, because the Titans, remember, in 2018, they got Matt LaFleur, and now his brother is the Jets OC. So he does know some of the terminology from his yeah. times with the Titans because that offense wasn't played. So I like that kind of sneaky continuity. He might have even a leg up than most guys changing teams. So, all right, listen, our next segment we're going to do right now is called On the Clock. And what we do is essentially we take our guests – and we take their hot takes, and we see if on the spot they'll actually pick those players. 
So first off, I want to say this. On the Clock is going to be brought to you by one of our new sponsors who we love, and it's expandtheboxscore.com. Now, Expand the Box Score is one of the ways where a lot of fantasy people can get advanced stats at an affordable price. Now, typically, if you want PFF or Sports Info Solutions, they have packages that range from $200 to $700 for the year. Expand the Box Score offers you advanced stats for only $25 for the season. You're getting access to things like you know, contested catch rates, routes run, broken tackles, missed tackles, things that you typically don't see a lot of all on one site for free. And the best part, too, is if you use that promo code TCK, you get $5 off, and then you also get a four-day free trial. So you can check it out for four days, and if you don't like it, you can cancel it any time. But that $20 for the entire season. So step up your game a little bit and go get expandtheboxscore.com. So first off, let's start with Joe Mixon. Now, I usually like to do like in between, but I I put these guys at the end. I'm going to give you six or seven guys going ahead of Joe Mixon, Elijah Moore, and Jerry Judy to see what your thoughts are. So you're in the second round. You're on the clock. And you're on the clock kind of early. You got Nick Chubb still available. Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, and DK Metcalf. Are you willing to take Joe Mixon over those guys in the second round? I am. I've drafted Joe Mixon at 202 multiple times. Um, so I, I, nice. To me, to me, Joe Mixon and Najee Harris are almost a toss-up. They're very similar. Um, High-volume guys behind questionable offensive lines, potentially behind questionable offenses, You know, depending on what you think about Burrow and Roethlisberger at his age with the elbow stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Mixon there. Um, and yeah, I, I would, you know, again, I've, I've taken them a few times in early round two. One for one. All right. I like this. So on, on to Jerry Judy. Two weeks ago, I think this would have been a slam dunk. Did Judy go in the eighth round was a joke. Now he's bumped all the way up to the sixth round. But now you're starting to look at guys like Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, Jamar Chase, Dak Prescott, a quarterback floating in there. Chase Claypool, TJ Hawkinson are in this range. Now you're on the clock at that five, six turn. Are you willing to pull the trigger on Jerry Judy? So I'm taking them over the running backs for sure. I, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding running backs in that range in general. I want to get you know a guy or two early, then rounds three through like seven. I'm pounding receivers generally. I like Judy over Jamar Chase and Chase Claypool. You know, Judy versus Dak and Hawkinson. That, that's a little tougher because it comes down to like team construction. You know, if I already have like three solid wideouts, I do like Dak. I especially like Hawkinson. He, he's the he's the guy that probably be closest to me between him and Judy. But um, yeah, more often than not, I'm going to take Judy over all those guys. All right. Wow. Two for two. This is, I've never seen this before. A lot of people pivot on the spot, but Jared, that's why you're one of the best. Cause even under the lights, you're still taking your guys. All right. Now let's bump it over to Elijah Moore. Now you're back in the 10th, 11th round. Corey Davis, the guy we just talked about is still on the board. According to NFC ADP, Tony Pollard, let's say you just took Zeke in the first round. You got Tony Pollard available, Marvin Jones, Gus Edwards, David Johnson, Devin Singletary, a bunch of running backs in this range. Let's even throw – so we've got Marvin Jones, Corey Davis. Are you taking Elijah Moore in that spot? I'm looking at my rankings right now, and I have Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones. Bang, 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 back to back to back. So I am taking Elijah Moore over those guys. That is – so three for three. I mean, listen, this is why we don't bring people like Jared on because they break the, they break the score. So you know what I mean? He's great, dude. Honestly, I really appreciate that. Listen, Sky, I know Sky wants to say a couple of things before we head out of here, but overall, from my perspective, I just want to say, man, I appreciate being on here. You've been working with you on Draft Sharks. It's been awesome, you know, working with you on there, but I'm glad we got you on. Now, now that we know that you're like top 10 in season and draft, we're going to have to get you on again. So hopefully you can jump on again. But once again, thank you for joining us. I do appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully you guys didn't jinx me, you know, talking about all of this top 10 stuff. Hopefully <laughs> This year, That's true. Um, yeah, it was it was it was great being on. I um, mean, you guys had some great takes, kind of making me rethink some of my thoughts on these guys. So it's it was really good. Definitely would not be a, a good first impression if we uh, jinx it here, and, and Jared will not be coming back. <laughs> well, I do want to I, wa- I do want to give a shout out one more time before we let Jared go. I want to give a shout out to our good friends at the Jersey Jungle. So if you're a fan of Ryan Tannehill, you're a fan of Joe Mixon, you're a fan of CD Lamb, anybody else here, of course, you can go to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM them at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10 to 15% off of one, two, 
or three plus jerseys. These are stitch and twill authentic jerseys. You get them on NFL.com. They're about 120, 150 bucks. Jersey Jungle has them at 60 at cost. Use this promo code. They're closer to 50. You can get three jerseys for pretty much the cost of one on NFL.com. And they're the same authentic, high quality jerseys. For those of you on the YouTubes can see right behind me, I've got Colin Kaepernick and Julio Jones today. They're both from the Jersey Jungle, high quality stitch and twill. They're not the, you know, kind of the, the, the paste on that rub off in the dryer. They're high quality. You can wear on game day. Rep your guys. You guys know I swap out my jerseys every week. I got a new shipment coming in the mail and I'll be unboxing that shortly. So make sure you go to Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. DM them and look at the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two, 15% off of three. Plus, they have baseball, football, basketball, home, away, retro, whatever you need. They got it for you. My man Trenton will take care of you. Jared, before we let you go, maybe the most important question of the entire episode, any player in the NFL right now, rookie, veteran, somebody that one of your my guys, a must-have guy, whoever it is, a favorite player, whoever it is, who's one jersey you would love to have right now in the NFL? Mm, how about a, how about a orange Jerry Judy? Lou, love that. Hey, like that. Nice, <laughs> He's, nice and bright. Pops. Uh, on brand all day today. I yeah, love yeah. it. Jerry Judy jersey takes all his guys. I love it. Oh, yeah. All that in, was all scripted. In. Love it. Jared Smola, we appreciate your time, man. We're both big fans of you and your work. We appreciate you. Please remind everybody where they can go find all of your content. Yeah, at SmolaDS on Twitter and then DraftSharks.com, um, you know, our, our rankings, man, it's been a flurry of moves in our rankings, uh, you know, really based on a lot of what we just saw in week two of the preseason. But those things are updated literally every single day. So um, hop in our new draft war room. You get customized rankings for your league. Live syncs this year to your draft room, which is awesome. So you don't have to be marking guys off your rankings during your draft. It does it for you. I've been using that for all my drafts. It's, it's a really great tool. That's fantastic, man. We appreciate having you on. Bobby, it's always a pleasure, of course. And we want to make sure that we give a shout out to the fantasy-focused network and community. We are excited to be back with you. We'll be on tomorrow as well. And we are a part of the fantasy football network as well on YouTube. So make sure you're going over there and checking out all of the YouTube content from over 20 different YouTube content creators. We're very excited to be a part of that brand. This episode and all episodes of the TCK Pod have been brought to you by Bet Online, Bet Online AG. You can get online or you can use the mobile app for all of your online sports betting experts needs. Jared Small, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. We'll have to have you back on real soon. Best of luck the rest of the season. And of course, we'll be following your rankings closely. For my man, Jared Smola and Bobby Lamarco, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.